0: Before we start the show today, we'd like to share a product recall notice on behalf of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Their recent promotional COVID face mask, made from game-worn jerseys, has been proven totally ineffective at preventing community transmission. And they stink!
1: Welcome to episode 179 of Cast. The show whose download numbers count double today, it's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil I'm Scott. Double votes. That's double, right.
0: Double download up. it on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. Ooh, it counts for twice as much. We're trying to go to the podcast All Star Game.
1: Oh, we're getting so close in the in the voting, and uh, yeah, we need you. Uh Today is the main day. If, you, uh, if you've if you never downloaded our show before, well, it counts for double. Get on
0: it. We need you. Andrew Wiggins' podcast is getting too many fan votes. Oh, he's
1: catching up. He's catching up on us. And, we
0: haven't had a second episode of Controlled Ooh. Chaos, the Carl Anthony Towns podcast, but he's been a little oh, busy. Him there and Chuck- hasn't been one? No, there are, I, at least I haven't noticed one. I'm pretty sure I subscribed to it on YouTube, yeah. but he's still making Twitch appearances. I think that's kind of how he's reaching the people right now, but yeah, we need another one. Come on.
1: I feel like I've seen maybe like Chucky promoting some stuff. Maybe this is like different content. Yeah, I feel he, like it was like, oh, d on. Like he had like a Russell episode. Oh, interesting. So I, I maybe that's something different, or maybe it's a they just don't. I know do very he good does uh,
0: promoting. I think he does all the video for Jordan Woods social stuff. So he's a busy man.
1: Wow. Yeah. There you go. He's getting getting all those gigs, Chucky. So maybe someday we'll have him on the pod. Come here. on, the pod, Chucky. Yeah. Promote. Controlled we'll do. We'll chaos. do. We'll do
0: a home and away. We'll we'll come on controlled <laughs> chaos. You come on Wolvescast.
1: Oh, controlled chaos! What a great name, lovely, lovely. Well, the name of this show is Wolvescast, Cast, and you're here listening to it. Thank you very much. Thanks for downloading and all that stuff. Hey, listen, uh, if if you could help us out this week, uh, you know we already gave you the you know the the product recall. Um, that's 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 a little service we're providing to you here today. But if you could help us out and uh, tell a friend about this uh, podcast. That'd be helpful because uh, it's especially a good year to uh, you know recommend uh Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. You know The past year, is, it's a fool's errand, maybe, because uh, who wants to listen to a show about a bad team? But this year is different, and the team is decent. So you might have some people in your life who are more interested in the Timberwolves this year, and I think Wolvescast is a great thing to recommend to them.
0: Yeah, or you know, I'm sure if you're a loyal listener, you've already told your friends, you could tell your acquaintances. Maybe you know you have a coworker that you have nothing in common with, and you're like, Good point. They might like the Timberwolves I saw a Gorgie Jane bobblehead on their desk let me let me <laughs> strike up a conversation about Wolvescast and then you'll have something shared that you can talk about you can be like did you hear what happened on last week's episode of Wolvescast I couldn't oh, believe it at the water cooler you could talk about
1: it Icebreakers right here you guys that's right that's what we provide as well but yes today on the show we are going to talk about the last week of Timberwolves basketball as well as uh, the Timberwolves and uh, officiating uh, after the last game uh, in Atlanta you know the ugly, uh, the ugly head of the of the refs <laughs> reared reared its head, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. Oh my god! So we got to talk about that. Uh, we also want to talk about uh, Jalen Noel and uh, how uh, well he's played recently, and uh, Marquise Watts being hired by the Wolves. We have a sponsor. We're going to give you some freezing cold takes. Uh, we don't do hot takes on the show. We do cold takes, so those will be coming later, as well as weekly Wolfies and the game. You know what it is. Here on Wolves cast, but we're starting it off with the week recap. Wolves are 22 and 23 as we record this. They are 10th in defense, 17th on offense, for a net rating of 13th in the league. Statistics are fun. That's right. So, uh, yeah, holding steady there, right around 500. The Wolves did get to 500, but. Uh, Unfortunately,
0: can't, it's sum, it can't summit that hill quite yet. No. How many times have we got into 500 only to fall below it? Yeah, at least a handful it, of times. You know? So that's tough. Got to win two games in a row to climb over 500.
1: Imagine that. But yeah, Wolves uh, got it going. Uh, with, uh, last week, it feels like a long time ago because we were recording this show um, last week with uh, with John Meyer uh, last Thursday. Hmm. Wolves,
0: Check that one out. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that one, I yeah, always love having him on the pod. Mid-season
1: review right there.
0: Because you know. You've heard what Neil and I have to say, and yeah, we'll probably you know say us. it again this week, and then we'll probably go over it again next week. So you might know, you might be familiar, but that's why I love having the daily wolf on. You know,
1: Woo. oh yes, bringing you some different kind of wolf stuff. But yeah, wolves lose in Memphis, uh, one hundred eight to one sixteen last week. It's kind of hard to think back all the way back there, Scott. If what was notable about this game, I feel like um I remember the wolves doing a really good job on John Morant in the first half. And then, oh, is this a game where they lost Beverly in it? Um, he, he, he was in for the first half. And then we, yeah, no, I think so.
0: Because that also happened in Atlanta
1: because he yep. got hurt. I think it happened both it times. was something like that because then John Morant like went off. Uh, maybe I'm just confusing the Atlanta game and John Morant and uh, Trey Young together. But, uh, yeah, Memphis, uh, Wolves hung in there. You know, this was a game that, you know, Memphis, I believe going into this game, had won 10 in a row. So longest streak in the NBA, and uh, they kept it going. They uh, They got their 11th that night as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, 108 to 116 there, way out in Memphis. Yeah, and, it's, uh, uh,
0: disappointing. It kind of, you know, it does remind me of Atlanta because we held on for the yeah. first half. We were beating them in the first half, and then we gave up that third quarter, 24 to 37, you know, against the— Man, against the Memphis Grizzlies, and then once again we have a who he played for. John Conchar had 15 points, <laughs> <laughs> 17 rebounds. Off-brand player of the week, right oh, there for you.
1: Conchar in the house. I
0: do think it was funny though. I was watching it because I saw you know our NBA man Reddit NBA. where the <laughs> dumbest NBA fans are, but it's fun. uh They had a post about like unpopular opinions or whatever, and somebody said that if you traded De'Aaron Fox and John ja Morant that Ja would be able to take the Kings to the playoffs.
1: Ooh, hot
0: take. And I was watching it and I was like, you know what? This Memphis team does not get enough respect. This is a really good team. They have a lot of great role players, you know? Yeah. I, I just think They're that... They're mad it, deep. Yeah, it's, it's a very deep team. Even oh, they, when Ja was having a bad first half, the team stuck it in there, you know?
1: They've just been one of the best teams at drafting over the last few years. I mean, you think about like that, for as far as rounding out their their team, guys like Brandon Clark. Oh, I love um, Brandon Clark. I, uh, I hate
0: he's. I think he's a guy who plays best against the Wolves because he's one of those guys where I'm just like, how is he he not like a borderline all-star because yeah. he always just shows up against the Wolves. Another
1: big man, Xavier Tillman. Uh, Bain last year, uh, I forget yeah. what his first name is. Um, and Desmond. Desmond Bain, you know. And yeah. so they, they found these guys. Melton is another one. They found these guys who, you know, all those guys, none of them are like maybe even starters, but they are just solid pieces who you can have in the rotation. So.
0: And we didn't even have to face Wolves killer Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, he was out for right. that game. I so. see
1: Tyus? Hey, Tyus. Yep, there you go. How's but going, Tyus? Uh, Wolves, uh, they only play at home on Sunday. Sundays uh, these days, you guys. Yeah, it's been so. rare this month. <laughs> so yeah, this we,
0: month of away games is almost over.
1: Yeah, so they uh, they brought it back home on Sunday and uh, took it to The Golden State Warriors winning one nineteen to ninety nine. No Steph Curry, no Draymond Green in this one. Um, but hey, we'll take a win wherever we can get them. Doesn't matter who's playing, who's not playing, all that business. We like it, so
2: uh, we're into it. It's never good when you know you miss shots.
0: A lot of, it's a big week for Xwolves. You know, we could have played a Tyus sound drop. There's the Andrew sound drop. Yeah, yeah after, Bielitsa. after uh, I think you know once again it was uh, that game out in Golden State. Like Andrew had a good game, hit his first nine shots, had like two dunk, put back dunks, kind of on towns, and everyone's like, oh look at Andrew. Yeah. And it's just like it's really easy to show up when you're the fourth option, third option, whatever, you know, I'm not trying to hate. I, I actually am really happy for Andrew That's and, right. and what he's found, but yep. I just think it's great because one, you could tell we wanted a little bit of revenge, but <laughs> this is kind of like the Lakers game where you get a lot of road fans showing up at the target center, oh, yeah. a lot of people in their Steph Curry jerseys. Oh yeah. And I just think that it's nice to have them come and watch their favorite team get destroyed by the Timberwolves. I think they even said it on the broadcast, maybe the next time some of these fans come here, they'll be wearing the Wolves jerseys, there we go. you know, because uh, this is what you do to, you know, convince the whole crowd to stop cheering for the Warriors is to smack them I know Curry didn't play Draymond didn't play but
1: still a really good game for still the good Wolves yeah. yeah still a really good game and just like fun to see you know the Wolves had uh, problems with their bench in um in Memphis on that Thursday game but then on Sunday you know their bench came in that third quarter and the, and basically you know cleaned up and and the starters didn't have to come back in, in the fourth quarter like that was it. Like, it was the bench that, like, ultimately blew out the Warriors and really put this game out of reach. Which so, you is, know, guys like Nas and Joe Noel and stuff coming in there and just holding it down. So a really good bounce back from the bench, and then just huge because you had a back-to-back coming up.
0: Yeah, and, well, the, speaking of the bench, I think they scored 40 against the Knicks on Tuesday as well. Like, yeah. it's been a great week for the bench, yeah. you know. Uh, former Timberwolves, like, once again, former Timberwolves week, uh, Taj Gibson was the Nick, oh, I yeah, guess, oh, you know. Oh, oh, there's oh, a reunion oh, tour, number 67, uh-huh, uh-huh. the only 67. Seven in the there league. Is only. uh only. Always nice to go into Madison Square Garden. You can tell some players get a little extra oomph in their step, you know, oh, play out yeah. to the arena. And, uh, yeah, this was a super close game. Uh, I was glad we were able to prevail. It's one of those things we're on the road, you know. Sometimes the, uh, all things being equal, it tilts to the home team. Uh, so yeah. always good to beat Tibbs, you know. I know, <laughs> uh, you know, it seems like cat and tips publicly are kind of patch things up and seem to be like you know courteous professionally that's courteous right. to each other yeah. but uh you know it's good to beat them and once again i mean it's, you only get to play in the garden once once a year so yeah
1: the western conference
0: got to make it and also you know like everyone's there to see ant that's what i really felt was like you know adam sandler showing up to the lakers game to meet <laughs> Ant. it's kind of like that too with Knicks. you know all the yeah. all the stars get to choose what games they go to i feel like ant is that that hot ticket the one time that's he's true. in new york city that you can go see him you know
1: you are seeing, I I feel like this is anecdotal, but I am seeing more like Wolves, like like fans at away games, like close to the bench too. Like there's all, even when they're bad, there's like one or two, you'll see them around and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe it's just like the certain markets they played recently, but I'm noticing more like Wolves stuff. Guys in at Atlanta, there was guys sitting yeah, in Courtside and Wolves stuff. And
0: it, also, it's, maybe it's I was just imagining bigger, yeah. this and maybe it's because the Atlanta fans are so neutral. They recognize right. how bad the referees were. I thought I heard a Refuse Suck chant <laughs> in Atlanta last night <laughs> the away team. from the away team. And you know, maybe that's because we have four Georgia guys on our team. We got Ant that's homecoming, right. Malik Beasley homecoming. Uh-huh. We got uh, Josh Akogi homecoming. <laughs> I think there's a fourth Georgia guy. No, no, was Ashton Higgins? He got kicked <laughs> off last year. Team so three three Georgia yeah, we were guys. Yeah, all the different connections. Yeah, so you <laughs> know it, there could have been like a large section of Ant family members in the crowd yelling, yeah. "Your FC suck!" You just threw Ant out up. of the game. Yeah. But um, we'll probably talk about that Atlanta game more. Super frustrating. I mean, you could just chalk it up to the second night of a back to back. They didn't get into Atlanta until three a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, barely got any sleep. Had to perform. You know, that's hard. Road 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 back to back. It's really tough. Hard to win those. Uh so you know, it was probably a long shot to win this game anyways, but kind of a kick in the butt because we were beating them by twelve going into the third quarter, and then we were behind them by twelve coming out of the third quarter. So just really lets you know how fun that third quarter was to watch last 20 night.
1: Twenty to two run to start the second half for Atlanta. That was <laughs> that was really the backbreaker. I mean, yeah, we're gonna get into some of the officiating things and uh but you know, the Wolves just just really you know, again, this was this was probably what we we're thinking of with the Beverly injury. Of you just felt the difference, you know, on on uh, on Trey uh, right there, you know, and uh, in that second half he scored like twenty three points in the in the third quarter alone, um, and was just picking the Wolves apart with all these great passes and stuff like that. So
0: I uh, one of my notes from this game last night, which by the way you should have warned me about. It, yeah, you knew I was watching it after midnight. You I should did. have warned me. I was so steamed after the game I had to stay up until like five a.m. just to like watch other stuff and cool down. I had to watch a few. Sitcom you and I episodes. are
1: both very spoiler. Yeah, it's and true. I just, I just, I avoid any possibility of giving you any. Uh, hints.
0: And most of the time, that's the correct call. That's right. I was, I, I going with I was that. it was like that was my guiding light. It was like three thirty a.m. and I had the game's <laughs> over, and I'm just sitting there, steam, just like I can't go to sleep right now. I've got too much adrenaline. I, my note on the game was, it's just not as fun when the outcome is preordained. <laughs> These games are fun to watch, but not as fun when the refs already know who's going to win when they come into it. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So, they, I, so I don't know if Patrick Beverly would have actually helped on Trey because uh, they seemed pretty determined uh, to let him get his free throw numbers. He would have fouled out. And that, uh, I mean, once again, this is one of those things like Trey is just kind of like, uh, you know, he's frustrating in the way that James Harden's frustrating in the way that he derives so much of his scoring by getting to the line. And it's just a polarizing way to play. And uh, I find that I'm also like always like, Getting a little upset Like yeah he had 30 points But he had 15 <laughs> at the line And then I'm like wait That's just good basketball That's it's what just, I've been saying Ant should do you know, efficiency Yeah if, if Ant can get to the line Like five times a game He would be scoring like 25 plus You know he'd be good
1: I think I like Trey more Because Harden just has this Like demeanor about him That is so unlikable You know just like All the overweight stuff All the just He just never shows any Any um, you know joy <laughs> You know or I was like Trey Yeah I, I, he's just more I guess I think And I like him more because he's like undersized like he's super small and doing yeah. all these things whereas like Harden is you know he's like a thick dude but he's pretty big and you know he can he can do a lot more with his physicality whereas like Trey is like kind of an underdog in that kind of way of like your body type shouldn't work for for this so yeah I get it anybody that shoots a ton of free throws is kind of hard to watch
0: <laughs> and especially like a game last night I mean let's go right in let's, I mean it sounds like we're transitioning right now because we're going right into our yep. first topic for full court here's <laughs>
1: Got to talk about the refs. Got to talk about the officials. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's it's triggered by this Atlanta game. But John also, Krasinski wrote a piece today about yeah. how it's it's an ongoing thing and maybe even a franchise-long
0: thing uh, for the Wolves. There's, i don't. I got so many different angles. There's on a lot there. It's we
1: can well, start with Atlanta. Let's then start. Then we'll yeah. Well,
0: let's just say that, like, I was going to say what transitioned into this is that it's really tough when I'm watching these games because I can't fast forward to rewind. Thanks, Bally Sports. <laughs> What a terrible company, (laughs) Bally and Sinclair. God. (laughs) So I can't fast forward, I can't rewind and usually a game like last night, no problem all those free throws, just fast forward, fast forward, fast forward uh-huh. all of a sudden I'm like, up oh, now a game that would take me like an hour and a half to watch, now takes me like two and a half hours to watch, because one you have to watch all halftime, but also you can't fast forward through the free throws, that was always the best thing when you're watching the game on replay, you could just fast forward through those free throws, you could just mm-hmm. get all this pure game action, each. yeah, whereas now what happens is free throws, I look at my phone then I don't notice when the game started back up, and then I missed a play, but I can't <laughs> rewind it anymore uh, so I just hate how it, it just kills the flow of the game and slows things down. And that second half last night took like an hour and a half by itself. It was so bad to watch. It was Mm -hmm. not a compelling product, which is also like what I said at the end of the uh, third quarter, when uh, this play we're going to talk about with Carl Anthony Towns hitting the kind of a dark fadeaway two point shot. And then them, Giving him a technical for looking down at uh, the French player. Flagrant
1: the, and tech, yeah. Yeah, looked down
0: at the player, a got, got a tech. And then they went to the, the replay center, and they're like, you know what, this game has been taking forever. Let's stop it for 15 minutes so we can discover a way to give Towns a foul. We don't know why. We just want to really screw Towns right here because he's been making us feel bad about ourselves. We'll, we'll invent a way. Like, you heard Finch say it after the game, I didn't know you could do that, he said, in terms of like them finding a way to assess a flagrant. It wasn't a flagrant. We all know it wasn't a flagrant. He didn't even like touch him with his foot. Like It's so ridiculous. We see that stuff get called against the Wolves. We see guys kick out their legs into the Wolves all the time, and the Wolves get called for the penalty. So this was not like an egregious thing. It wasn't obvious. It was them being like, you know what? We really, really, really want to screw Towns because we're so pissed off at him. Let's (laughs) stop the game. We'll stop the game. We'll figure it out. Uh, We don't care how long it'll take. Oh, we found a way to turn a five-point swing here. Uh, Take away two points. Give him a technical for now a shot that didn't count. So the technical would have never happened if the shot didn't count. And then let's give him a flagrant and give two extra free throws. So it was a five-point swing. And just in a game where Atlanta really didn't need the ref's help, they already got enough help from the refs. So it was just like – that was the thing that really ticked me off. It just like – because we've talked about it, fans. I have – Uh, history of issues with referees. And I have gotten better at not prescribing like conspiracy theories or feelings towards the refs. Uh, I try to understand that they're just trying to do their best jobs and they make mistakes like all professionals do. But this was just one of those instances where it seemed like extra. It seemed like it was a personal thing between Kat and I think it was Bill Kennedy who was such an idiot. He said, foul is on Anthony Towns. Like his last name is Anthony Towns. His last name is Towns. You effing idiot. Like, how are you not, How are you refereeing this game and you don't even know the players' names that you're so pissed off at? And so, like, I can't believe I saw that. And then, like, the rest of the game, just, like, little BS stuff. Like, Towns shot a free throw and they whistled it off for no reason. Ball was in the air. They whistled it. No, that free throw doesn't count. It it, it went in. And then they have them shoot again. It went out. You know, it was just, like, little stuff like that where it's just, like, you've already screwed us. Why are you trying to go, like, the extra, you know, 2% here just to, like, really stick it to us? Like... It's just unconscionable. And uh, I mean, I can keep going. Do you want to say anything before I keep going? Cause I will. Uh,
1: I mean, as far as the, the kick thing is, yeah, it's strange because yeah, I think, you know, they were maybe, maybe they had sense that there was some beef between the two players or something like that, but I don't understand how, um, how that's a, a flagrant foul. You know, it's, it's one thing if it's like a three point shot and you want to call the offensive foul for the kick there, but it was almost like it wasn't a normal kind of kick out call because that would have been a normal standard call. Instead, it's a flagrant because they deem that it was some sort of extra intentional, um, unnecessary kind of thing. And that that was just a really weird one because it doesn't. It didn't. It was really strange because it didn't look like a normal like oh this is how I'm shooting kind of kick out, but it also didn't look like I'm trying to injure you while I shoot type of thing. So yeah, I mean I think the angel said it after the fact too, and you mentioned Finch like saying kind of I didn't know that you could. Um, be looking for a they,
0: shot in, shot out. like They went to the replay. Them. Just They went to the replay. They could only check whether he made it by the, sh- uh, by the buzzer or not. Yes. That's why they went to the replay. And then once they were yeah, at the replay, saying, they, they decided like to, to add it. Yeah, you didn't know because usually when you were reviewing a call, it's like, well, you can only review this aspect. You can only review if he got the shot off in time. That's not not if he got that. fouled or not when he fouled somebody. And so they had to invent a reason to come up with a flagrant because a flagrant is the only type of foul you can call on a review like that. They couldn't call like a normal yeah. foul on him. They had to invent a reason to give him a flagrant.
1: Yeah, so it was flagrant, and then it was technical for taunting. Which
0: apparently he didn't even say anything. I thought he said something, so I'm just like, you know what? He probably said something mean to him. He probably deserved that technical. You know, we know how a cat gets sassy. Apparently, he just looked at him.
1: Yeah, I didn't see his mouth move during it. And. Which you, I guess you're that,
0: pretty sensitive as a ref. If you're like, wow, you looked at and really mean at this player. And apparently, Iguagwe, French name, you know, the kill a thank you. I uh, didn't mean that to disrespect him. I just didn't remember the name coming mm-hmm. in. Um, apparently, he was giving Cat the business and really anything. Cat all quarter. He didn't get called for fouls, but when Cat. Re- yeah. Looks at him. Ah, that's crossing well, the line. Well, that's the
1: thing. Is like, oh, taunting, it kind of, it almost insinuates like, oh, there's something verbal said here. But, you know, I guess taunting, the, the definition technically could be anything sort of menacing like that. You know, cat did lean down at him and stuff, but, you know, definitely don't. Again, the refs might have known that there was, okay, there's a little bit of beef going on here, and they're just trying to squash it. But you're right, give both of them a tech thing. Right, double tech. It's not fair to then just do one on that sort of situation. So that was an extremely strange moment. And it was kind of like, again, the Wolves, the damage had already been done. I mean, the Wolves, this was a big swing, but it would have like – it changed a 16-point Hawks lead to like 12 or something.
0: Which like, brings us to the real egregious thing. The, uh, the cat stuff, that's a tale as old as time. Here's a new chapter in, you know, a a book that is getting as long as War and Peace. You know, like, that's what we've been talking yeah. about since he's been in the league. He's led the league in fouls several times. Hey, the Timberwolves lead the league in fouls right now. Uh, but the real egregious thing was kicking it out for no reason. I mean, the double technical thing was insane. Like, I get it. He deserved a technical. He definitely cussed at the ref and yelled at the ref and, you know, looked at him. Well, and- was the
1: a clap like as soon as he clapped, I was like, I've never seen aunt do that. And then he got the tech, and, and then he kept going. And I was like, "Wow, I've never seen Ant just got his first ejection." So,
0: but it was uh, two techs at once. You can't give him two techs for the same thing. You know, that's so dumb. They said it oh, was the second one for the, the clap, second. Te- and then he kept going. The like, second tech was because he stepped at me, menacingly. But you look at the replay. Ant's walking away from him when he gives him the second tech. So I think the refs just lied about that. Or unless they imagined, oh, I, my life was in threat and was being threatened because Ant was walking away from me. I was so threatened, I, I perceived him as walking towards me, and that's why I gave I the second tech. I
1: think just because he was walking away. While the referee called it, it was for the thing that happened right before then. You know, I don't know what he said. Who knows? But it was I I did see sort of a two beat thing there. And, you know, I I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it was that insane to throw him out, especially because he did any NBA player. If you you punch the air after a no call, if you clap, if you make any like sort of show up the ref move, you're generally going to get that call. Well, Um, not
0: everybody. Yeah, but it, only certain players get treated that way. Uh, yeah, and then and then you
1: could see and continue to go. Now that is that's kind of where the gray area was Like, what do he say? Obviously, it was something the ref t- you know took offense to that didn't seem like that big of a thing for us at home watching, but super notable though that that. Ant has finally gotten to this point, right, because it's now been two, almost two full years, almost two whole NBA seasons of us saying that, you know, Edwards has a tough time getting the call. The frustration is building. Um, you know, you see him more and more, you know, sort of complaining. It's got to be really hard, you know, for for whoever it is, whether it's Towns or, or Edwards to, you know, feel like you've been fouled and, and not get the call consistently. And it finally bubbled over. (laughs) You know, the baby is, uh, he's not a rookie anymore or whatever. (laughs) Here he is coming into his own. And uh, I thought it was interesting and sort of pertinent that Jim Pete immediately called it and said, this is, I'm paraphrasing here, but saying this is a Carl Anthony Towns problem of him being a leader and showing up the refs like this. And now I feel like we've talked about this before on this very show of like this kind of behavior by Carl then trickles down and you don't want the young guys on the team, particularly Ant, sort of seeing that this is an okay thing. So I'm glad Jim pointed that out because, you know, I, I think it's, that is sort of where John Krasinski's piece and the things he's talking about, I think are relevant because when you have this perceived they're out to get us type of thing and how you deal with that, I feel like it can be contagious in that locker room. And I think we saw it in this game with Ant getting tossed finally.
0: (laughs) But what's unfair and what's justice, you know, because like, it's one thing cat complains nonstop. I'm not here defending that, but like, How much does Ant have to put up with until he gets a whistle? We've talked about how he's he's drawing less fouls this year than during his rookie season, even though he's going to the rim way more often, you know? And the numbers show that he's going to the rim and he's not getting the calls, and it's, you know, I've... I watch the Timberwolves the most, so I can't say that this doesn't happen to other players in the league. Yeah. But I don't think I can't think of a player that gets screwed more than Ant. So what happened is he's getting his body destroyed every night and getting no whistles for it. So like, how long are you able to keep your temper when you're just like receiving this injustice time and time again? Finch said about the double technical: it's not often that you get ejected where one outburst gives you two technicals. The referee tried to explain that as two separate incidents, but I didn't necessarily see it that way. So that makes I'm, sense. You know, I. I'm with Coach Finch here, and I just think that, you know, it, it's, it's been too much. You know, I have now gone all the way back, Neil. I'm, I'm backsliding. I've changed my positions. I'm done trying to be fair and neutral to these people to after who aren't like being fair and neutral to me. So it's time to bring back the referee haters club, everybody. That's right. Oh. I, I took a step away from the referee hating, trying to be a better person. But Bill Kennedy and uh, man, Mark Lindsay, I think his name was, you guys. You guys brought me to this level. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. We've got to embrace it. We've got to lean into it. You remember how I said, like, you know, it's, it's a shame that the loudest the target center gets is ever the, is Free only t-shirts. when they do refs you suck. Refs oh. you suck is the only chant you hear. You don't hear defense. You don't, the only time you really hear the crowd is refs you suck. Uh, Chant, But that's going to be our identity. We're just going to embrace it. That is going to be like our Brooklyn. That is now our identity. We are going to be the most hostile environment for refs in the league. I want us all to go into the game knowing all the refs' first names. Because if you just yell, ref, you suck, they're not really going to notice. But if you say, Bill, hey, Bill. You suck. Maybe you're going to catch Bill Kennedy's attention a little bit more. Maybe let him know your son sucked at Northwestern. He was never very good. No, wait, that's Joey Crawford. Never mind, not Bill Kennedy. But uh... So
1: it's the RHC. Um, that's what we're talking about here, the RHC what the, the referee, referee haters club? club yeah okay, yeah good. absolutely yeah. so how RRHC. do people join do they reach out on twitter how do they yeah we'll get contact we'll get uh you know
0: we'll get jake to make up a cool logo for us or something you know maybe get no haters. cap space to put it on a t-shirt for us but it's time for the referee haters club and you know what i didn't make them I, i'm not doing this they made me do this you know this is this is them forcing my hand if they're not going to treat us fairly. I'm gonna stop trying to treat them fairly, Neil. That's right. You got to give the hate that you get. We got to get get the get, hate that you give. I don't
1: know. Get the crowd involved a little bit more. All right, moving on. He's heating up. All right, yeah, he is. His name is Jalen Noel, and he's heating up because he's playing basketball very well for the Minnesota Timberwolves these days. Everybody, young Jalen, young uh, young Noel. Jalen
0: Noel is a flamethrower. No, oh, I like this one too. It's all about what he is. Jalen Noel is a bucket.
1: Yes, he is. He, He's like he, here are the nouns. throwing bucket. Here are the nouns. He is. Um, That's what
0: I've been saying though. Jalen Noel is a bucket man.
1: Oh yeah, Town said it. Uh, Russell said it. Jim P has been saying. it. Everybody's saying it. And uh, Jalen Noel is uh, firmly. Uh, he, has, he has firmly grabbed a uh, rotation spot in this lineup after starting the season on the outside looking in. So um, pulled some stats. In the last 30 days, and that's not just a nice okay. Here's a month of action. This was basically when he got uh, his minutes really bumped up, and um, you know has kind of been more of a full time uh, member of the bench squad here. Uh, coming out, this is uh, back to uh, the Los Angeles game on uh, on December 17th. 16 games. Uh, Jalen is fifth on the team in scoring, 12.6 uh, points per game. He's shooting 39% from three on three and a half attempts. And, uh, you know, and that's pretty good for only, you know, 20 minutes a game or 20, 22 minutes a game. And he's shooting 61% uh, true shooting, so... That's really good. It's second on the team behind Towns in that stretch. So uh, the ball's been going in, and he has been a very reliable offensive creator for this team uh, coming off the bench. But uh, Scott, what have uh, what's impressed you about uh, the play of uh, young Jalen here in the last month or so?
0: It just takes a lot of pressure off Beasley, I think. You know, because Beasley's coming in, and you know we've watched him force up shots. He's starting to get a little better, thankfully. Couldn't get me much worse. But Beasley was supposed to be that spark plug off the bench. He's our scorer. All the other guys off the bench are defenders primarily, except Nas, you know.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Who knows what you get out of Nas on a night-to-night <laughs> basis. When he's rolling, it is so much fun, but he's had some really – when he's off, and so it's, it's going to be a bad night. But I just think that, uh, you know, we saw it when Jalen – let's see, he – he left the Pelicans a game, I think, after he got injured. He oh, yeah, he minute. only played two minutes in that game. And then he so, missed, yeah. like, the Grizzlies game. And we just really felt it when he was gone because... Luckily, it was not long. I mean, he's still, like, listen as questionable in these yeah. like, last couple, but he's playing. Yeah, and I think he was a, real, a little rusty in his first game back. But it just showed, that, like, when he was gone, there's just not a lot of scoring with the bench squad. It puts all the emphasis on Beasley. Whereas I feel like when Jalen's out there creating, running some pick-and-roll, making shots, it takes the pressure off Beasley, leaves Beasley a little bit more open that people aren't the defense isn't completely focused on Beasley as, Hey, this is the one scorer on the bench that we have to watch. And I just think that like his composure, I know, I think, uh, McLaughlin has been out for health issues, but I think it's also slash do not yeah, play was, coach's decision kind of thing. Like, yeah, I
1: think he's in protocols or whatever.
0: Yeah, but even when he wasn't, he Jalen was taking that time and I think part of that is McLaughlin's been pretty bad this season. Uh, I think we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but just yeah, like... He hasn't got much time. Because yeah. he, he's not playing very well in the time he gets, well, but uh, no, it just seems to say that like Jalen seems to be like a calming presence where it used to be in his earlier seasons, like this guy's trying to prove that he can make a shot during his limited minutes on the court. Now it right. just feels like he's a little bit more in control of the tempo of the game so we're even seeing like you know he's not really a a playmaker but he's uh you know starting to develop some point guard skills
1: yeah, he, uh, he's, he. You mentioned Beasley, and you know, I think a lot of people think of him as sort of replacing Beasley. But you're right; he's more of replacing McLaughlin in that kind of way, where he's kind of the third point guard, if you will. Uh, when you start two point guards, you got to have a third one uh, to get in there as well. So. Yeah, if
0: we're keeping it a nine man rotation, that means it's Nas, Beasley, Jalen, and Jaden mcdaniel's off the bench <laughs> and then maybe okogi or prince if you're you're increasing it to yeah a, rotation. Need a
1: little more something something depending on the matchup so yeah jalen noel just uh just been hitting shots and just been so consistent as someone who can get a basket i mean he kind of won the game for the team in new york in that fourth quarter yep uh fouling out uh, mitchell robinson and just just relentless driving to the hoop and getting all these floaters to go and stuff so um, he's definitely someone that just is missing from the team you know in a lot even in normal lineups even the starting lineups it's like the team other than Edwards doesn't have many guys who can get their own off the bounce you know you think about Russell and Beverly that's not their game um, so to have someone who can come off the bench and give you that and then he's been closing games too he's been taking Ed, uh, Russell's spot <laughs> sometimes to close a game or whatever so
0: yeah it has, to be, of that. it has to be the right matchup you know because he is still a huge liability on defense and it's kind of shocking after You know, man, I guess I'm being spoiled on this good defensive team because, you know, he's He's out there and you see some breakdowns on defense that you're not used to seeing with his Wolf squad. And you're like, whoa, what happened? And he can't play. He doesn't play defense. Yeah. He's like, what? (laughs) He's trying. It's not like he doesn't care, but uh, he's just not there yet. So I think it depends on the right matchup. You can't have an opposing team that's going to expose him on defense if you're keeping out there in the fourth. But it's great growth. You know, man, I, I love how much he's grown every single season. We've always been a fan of his here on the pod. And to see him just like be like a shot maker now is, Very fun. I'm not sure if he'll ever, you know, become a starter, but I think that he's found his way into an NBA rotation and that he deserves to be there.
1: Love to see the confidence. That's more than anything. He's just letting it go and just. He's playing. He's playing.
0: Also, he's got a great look. You know, I like the hair. I, I like the style. His, he could be a little bit spicier in his post-game interviews. It's been pretty bland okay. so far,
1: you know? So that's something to work towards.
0: Maybe, you know, maybe that's a thing. That you you can be spicier once you're guaranteed to have those interviews every night, you know? Yeah. Like when you're aunt and you know people are going to want to talk to you every day, you can just go off the cuff, you know? But if you're jailing, you got to make the most of those limited minutes.
1: That's uh, very true. Gotta, gotta gotta watch your mouth. No
0: L's.
2: No, <laughs> no L's.
1: No
0: L's. All right. One more
1: thing here.
2: He's on
0: fire. All right. The worst thing has happened. Clutch Sports has invaded the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's confirmed. We're being traded to LeBron's team. That's what happens with clutch sports. They take all your stars, and then you make they make them go play with LeBron. They force them out of the market, and now we're in trouble because clutch sports are now inside the Timberwolves organization. Everybody,
1: they've been infiltrated. The team has been infiltrated by uh, Clutch with the K. And, uh, you know, it's, it's how it goes. They're taking over, all right? So that's how it works. The Wolves, uh, you know, have... have uh, should have
0: known. A-Rod came in here, now Clutch Sports is in here. What's next, Scott Boris? That's a baseball joke for everybody.
1: Timberwolves and Lynx um, are hiring Marquise Watts, uh, a, uh, someone who used to be with uh, Clutch Sports Group, and, um, the
0: president of brand strategy at ooh, Clutch.
1: Oh, yeah. So he's uh, is moving on. That's a, that's a thing that uh, you're seeing a lot in the last maybe five to seven years in the NBA is like the agent world. Like, you know, people who are like former agents like getting into GM positions, um, you know, even like top of the line. You know, you think about uh, who's the Lakers guy. He was a former he was Kobe's agent. Uh, Polinka? You no, know, yeah, Polinka. Uh,
0: you could argue that you know the agent who has been running the most teams has been Rich Paul. You know? Yeah. Anthony yeah. Davis wanted to be traded. He could be traded to 29 teams, and somehow the Lakers, everyone knew for like a year before he was traded, it's gonna be the Lakers. The Lakers don't have the best package. It doesn't matter. It's gonna be the Lakers. He has he a way of getting his guy, he has a way of getting his guy to go to where he wants them to go. And that's why, you know, I don't think this Ben Simmons situation happens with other, any other agency. Only Clutch would have the you know the daringness to be. Be like, yeah, sit out all year, say no to 30 million dollars, you know. So, I just think that clutch. As really, I mean, you got to give them credit. They've done an amazing job at it, uh, becoming so influential in the league. But it does feel like, you know, sometimes it's like, who's the GM? You know, Rich Paul or Polenka or something. You know,
1: yeah, it's it's uh, it's obviously yeah, it's a big uh, LeBron thing. So you have the LeBron LA. It's all very LA centric these days. Um, but yes, the the agents they're getting into the like, GM game. And-
0: arguably, you know, just a kid from Akron going on to becoming the greatest NBA player maybe of all time. Just as impressive, Rich Paul, one of his buddies, going on to becoming the most powerful sports agent in sports. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, it, it's it's a huge glow up, and I got mad respect for how they've gotten there and the power they wield. Even though sometimes I'm like, this feels a little icky that the agency wields so much power.
1: They have a um, clutch has a reputation of getting their guys paid. That's, uh, that's and, right. and getting them to where they want to go. You know, I don't I don't know that you know. Obviously, with with LeBron and stuff, it is like okay, it's L A. But I think with AD, I think he just wanted to go to L well, A wasn't like a yeah. you know, certain guy's just want to go to certain situations, and clutch will get you there. <laughs> So uh, the Wolves have hired uh, Marquise Watts and highly recommend listening to uh episode of uh, the Dane Moore podcast, which will be in show notes from earlier this week where they talked about this. And um, it was interesting because Dane was talking about how, you know, he actually met Marquise a long time ago because he was a basketball coach to him um, in high school. And then Marquise has, uh, you know, kind of been Anthony Edwards, who is a clutch client. Um, Marquise has been his sort of, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his handler his uh his rep if you will trying to find
0: with, you know uh, marketing and sponsorship opportunities for him
1: yeah, stuff like that yeah yeah so you know this person marquise has been around the team probably for over a year now since since one of his clients uh you know an aunt has been there so this is someone now who um you know it's interesting to think about sort of what this is there's a lot of different lots of teams are beefing up their yeah, I front will offices
0: say, and it's like with all these like sort of
1: nebulous titles
0: we've kind of beat around the bush talking about clutch and making jokes and stuff but I actually think this is a great move very smart sure. forward progressive thinking move from the franchise that we've well, needed for a long time because he's here he's not working for clutch anymore he's going going to make this franchise, the idea is he's going to make this franchise into a destination where NBA players want to go. That's right. And of course the idea was always like, no one wants to come to snowy Minnesota, but mm-hmm. that's not all there is to it. It's not all about weather and living on a beach. A lot of franchises are enticing to players for various reasons because they're known as good places for players to develop. A competent or, organizations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the Lakers when they paid Kobe like $40 million in his last season. They're like, you they know what, you. this is going to hurt, but now all the players in the league will know the Lakers Respect. take care of you. You know, that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing so, yeah. I think that there's a lot of stuff that the team has not been doing that we've always been frustrated about about not trying to make this a more appealing place. And some of it has slowly happened with the Mayo Clinic scare, square focusing on sports medicine, doing stuff like that to be like at least players know when they come here they're going to be taken care of health wise. You know, we're yeah. going to be trying to be cutting edge in the league in terms of our health and safety and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: the Mayo Clinic stuff. Right,
0: yeah. exactly. But I think this is more about the stuff that players actually care about. You know, because you're you're appealing to a lot of times like teenagers 20 year olds you know
1: yeah just young people and just uh uh just an idea that yeah, the people who it's just it, it is very um, you know yeah nice for the wolves to sort of have this idea of like we don't have the people on board who can yeah speak to this next generation or you know speak to people who aren't like us so um it's 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 good and I think overall too the wolves have done a really good job of hiring a lot of minorities recently yeah. um which goes kind of hand in hand with this cultural aspect Chris Finch. <laughs> uh, yeah I suppose but uh, you know pretty much throughout the rest of their organization there's you know you know is uh. You know, Gupta at the top and stuff like that but you know great that they've been continuing to hire uh, people of color um, in their front office and stuff and yeah this just seems like a really smart uh, kind of and this is the kind of thing that I feel like cheap organizations wouldn't do like this person's probably getting paid a lot of money to leave clutch where he was like what did you, you say he was? this
0: president of brand president of like something. brand
1: marketing and so it's like he's probably making a lot of money and to be able to go to the wolves i would imagine you know not only a lot of responsibility brand but strategy a, a bigger check was probably coming his way so you know to pay up for a single person like this to help you out in the long term just a really smart idea so
0: from the athletic story it. on top of that players who have started their careers in minnesota and then move on to other franchises routinely speak of the noticeable difference in the way players and their families are taken care of the programs in place to help them off the court and the amenities that make them feel welcome and supported a rod had a fun quote that he said uh, I think the unique part of where I'm coming from is really understanding players first, both baseball and basketball, especially the NBA as a league that is led by players. And it comes to having the best in class from coaches to management to, believe it or not, like showerheads, right? It's the smallest (laughs) little details that make the biggest difference. It's food in the clubhouse, right? It's the bus they travel on. It's the plane they travel in. In all these little things, we have an opportunity. If you collect those small things, they become really big things, which I think is huge. What a great perspective to have. Like, yes, this is the kind of attitude we need in the Wolves front office. And it's a high-level position. It's C-suite. He's reporting to Ethan Casson. right? That's his name? Ethan yeah. guessing uh, so this is not just like a little token job that, that's in the, over in the corner of the ticket office or whatever like that this is a huge C-suite level uh, you know position
1: yeah and like you said like you was saying there that, I, that makes me think back to when Mark Cuban you know what 15 years ago now 20 years ago like took over the Mavs and I remember one of the things he did was like make their bench seats nicer like huge cushioning oh, yeah. on the seats and stuff and I was like why has anybody done this and it's like he all this money into like experience stuff and, and it's interesting because there's like there's a salary cap and there's certain things in the NBA that you can't help like okay this is how much money you have to spend uh, you know especially for for money and that kind of thing but there's no cap on the other kind of stuff exactly there's no cap on how much you can how many people you can have in your front office working on these kinds of things so the and to Rodriguez's point this is where you can gain an advantage if you're just willing to throw money at the problem you know and just get people on it and stuff so you can make a difference here and do these types of things and go the extra mile to really show players and agents and stuff that you're serious and that's what's happening here and it's it's great to see because it just didn't happen for so long with the Wolves and it was just taken as well we can't do that we're in Minnesota.
0: It's so long overdue so <laughs> long overdue but I think it is also encouraging you know if we look at the new ownership I know there's been yeah. some you know hesitation about what are we getting here but I'm on the fan base but I'm excited this is a, this is a really positive you know maybe not the first step they've made but a really positive early step in uh, new ownership
1: <sighs> absolutely well said alright uh, let's, let's take a quick break here everybody and uh thank our sponsor we a sponsor every single episode and uh this is uh this is who we have today who is uh, presenting this episode of Wolf's cast are you a professional athlete are you frustrated by the officials who uphold the rules and regulations of your sport are you wary of being fined for critical remarks about these officials good news there's a service for you introducing cryptic criticism a new way for
0: you to say what's on your mind without naming names After giving your all on the court, field or ice, you'll likely be required to talk to the media, but beware. Comments that could be misconstrued as condemning any officials will result in a hefty fine from your league. Cryptic Criticism is a subscription service that grants you access to our premium database of metaphors, similes, and other forms of speech that are shrouded in mystery. Cryptic
1: Criticism employs dozens of creative minds to provide our extremely specific clientele with alternative words and phrases to ensure your bank account remains the same before and after the press conference. For example, instead of saying, the referees cost us the game tonight, you could try. We all live inside the terrible engine of authority and it grinds and shrieks and burns so that no one will say lines
0: on the map are silly. Or instead of directly lamenting how you were unfairly targeted by the officials, use a simile to dampen your cutting remarks. How about, this game is like being in the African Serengeti. Sometimes you hunt, sometimes you are hunted by the zebras. So act now and join Cryptic Criticism today. You'll be dodging fines like a syntax superstar.
1: Thank you to Cryptic Criticism for their support of Wolf's Cast. Up next, let's do some cold takes.
2: What's cooler than being cool?
1: All right, cold takes. Freezing cold out here. We got negative temps in Minnesota. Our uh, respective hounds are not getting walked these days. They just, it's just too cold out there for for uh, you know any any amount of time outside. Really. They're boycotting going outside. Oh yes, we got we got issues. The dogs are cold, and we are all cold. And uh, if you uh, if you're new to the program, cold takes are are our uh, our way of uh, stating the obvious. Okay, it's our way of, um, you know, we don't want to cross any lines on this show. Hot takes are are uh, a little too dangerous for us, a little too uh, spicy.
0: A little too flashy. Everyone's just trying to get attention with their hot takes. It's the whole environment of the internet and media world now. The squeakiest wheel, the one screaming the loudest is going to get all that attention and airtime. But that's not how we roll in Minnesota, you know. we We're not flashy. We're not trying to get attention. We're just trying to do the work. And go home at the end of the day so we can play with our dogs indoors, not outside in the snow. Indoor time. So that's why here in Minnesota, we don't do hot takes. We do freezing cold takes.
1: That's right. We're going to keep it real cold for you today. And um, Scott, why don't you get us started off? I'd love to hear uh, how frozen you can get it going in here.
0: All right, everybody. My freezing cold take today is that the trade deadline is approaching. It's on its way. It gets here closer every single day. We're closer to the trade deadline. And some teams will make trades and other teams will not. And that includes your Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves may make a trade by the trade deadline, or maybe they won't. But that doesn't change the fact that the trade deadline is on its way and it will be here very soon. And I'm sure that a lot of people will talk about ideas they have for trades. Maybe even they'll do you know, some trade machine things, maybe write a few blog articles about how players they want to see traded to the Timberwolves would fit into the team and things like that. I think people like talking about trades, but that doesn't mean one is gonna be made All it means is that the trade deadline is approaching. Trade deadlines can be made before the deadline, and the Timberwolves might make one of those trades, but I can guarantee you they will not make a trade after the trade deadline because trade deadline means no trades are available afterwards. That trade deadline is coming closer every single day. You heard it here first on Wolf's Gas. Very well done. That's,
1: uh, you know, that's – some people talk about trades and – in you know, in less conclusive terms. So I appreciate you putting it, uh, you know, like that for me, giving me a, you know, giving all our listeners, really me and all of our listeners a better understanding
0: of what, what's I, about to I happen. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I hope I wasn't too out there with that.
1: We'll see. We'll see what kind of feedback uh, we get uh, for, for, for that, uh, that spice right there. OK, uh, good one there, Scott. Trade deadline is coming up. Uh, do you mind if I fire off a, a frosty one here?
0: Uh, no, you might as well. I need to warm up a little.
1: All right, here we go. All right, I've been thinking about this for a while now, and, well, I just got to come out and say it. Patrick Beverly is fragile. We got to be careful with him, okay? He's someone who, you know, you can't just count on to play all 82 games. He's someone that just plays so hard out there. He's flying all over the court, making hard cuts, diving out of bounds for basketball, diving on the floor, saving that 50/50 possession he wants it more than you so unfortunately this puts him into some precarious positions where you know, his body is at risk and uh, he's missed he's already missed like 12 games this year and so uh, this is someone you got to be careful with this is someone you need to understand they're gonna miss time they're going to be sitting on the bench they're only going to play about three-fourths of the season and uh, that's just something that has, has been made uh, crystal clear to me here this season Patrick Beverly can't make it through a whole season. He's someone who is going to get hurt from
0: time to time. You know what, Neil? I haven't thought about it like that, but I can't say I disagree. I yeah. will say when when Pat Bev was talking to the ref last night in Atlanta, I had a feeling that whatever Pat Bev was saying was actually the most cutting thing <laughs> the ref heard all night. Like it doesn't matter what Finch and Cat are screaming at the refs. whatever uh, Beverly just like took the ref aside to say, like whispered to him. I feel like whatever that said really shook the refs.
1: <laughs> I would love to know what that is because yeah, mic like it was like everyone back up, and then like he got to like get real close to the ref. Oh and, yeah. like, have like it, a, it, it
0: was like a conciliary, like respect. in the ear, you know. And not
1: any, just everybody gets to do that. No, no, you no. Know?
0: You needed a special assistant. <laughs> Coach like uh, Pat Bev to do that. Uh, all right, Scott, uh, you
1: got another one in you. You got any other any chilliness still uh, left inside you?
0: It's Minnesota, so let's do it. All right, here we one go. More let's chilly it. take. It's negative degrees outside. Ooh. People in Australia don't even know negative degrees. No, they don't know about. Hey Aussies, it. Uh, my freezing cold take is that this cringe, Chris Finch guy. Oh, pretty good hire. You know, I think the the Wolves made a good decision, you know. Obviously, we're not going to take the spicy take about maybe they should have hired or interviewed some diverse candidates. I think that's always a good idea. Uh, But we'll stay with the cold take that, man, what a good hire he's been. He's really changed the culture of the team. He's, uh, you know, a lot of people thought like oh he's just the coach I and mean, he's not inventing this defense but we saw his the defensive coordinator left like in the middle of summer league and finch wasn't even scared because finch already knew he already knew what kind of defense he wanted to run this is a guy who was heralded for being a good offensive mastermind and yet he's changed this timberwolves team's entire culture to make us one of the best defensive teams in the league even top 10 when has that ever happened to the wolves i mean even tom thibodeau couldn't do that the defensive coach tom thibodeau couldn't make the timberwolves play defense like prince finch has What a great hire by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kudos to them.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, I've I've been uh, struggling with that and, you know, considering that maybe he wasn't a good hire, but I think I think I'm coming around to your side of things here. Oh, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. Very, very, uh, very persuasive right there. Definitely good hire. With Definitely. that, with that one right there. Okay, I got one more. Um, you know, Ice Cube of a take. Okay, I need then to let's, spit out. Then here. let's close the windows in the studio uh, afterwards. Right. Yeah, let's do that. All right, here we go. Um, I have I have been starting to notice that Jared Vanderbilt is someone who is underrated um, around the league and really just in Minnesota in general. I think uh, this is something that you know he's not he's not you know a sexy kind of player who's gonna you know, score a bunch of baskets and you know uh you know be you know be really dribbling well ball handling skills you know passing the the types of skills that the you know average fan might uh you know uh, like the most here Vanderbilt doesn't do a lot of those things so he's flying under the radar right now and he's not a household name you know he's he's relatively young the rest of the league hasn't seen him that much so people don't understand how uh Uh, How great of a player he is, how much energy and effort and and how it's just contagious for the rest of the team. So, um, you know, I I just I I think that not enough people know how good he is and that it's possible, possible that uh, he's an underrated type of player.
0: And yeah. We understand, Jake. You know how good he is. You don't underrate him. Maybe you are actually. Mm-hmm. But go up to any NBA fan in any other city and say Jared Vanderbilt. They don't even know who that is. Who is that?
1: Yep, that's uh, who he played for. Type of thing for most folks. He
0: is. Uh, he's Whew. he's going from off brand player to on brand player. He's yeah. on his way because you're right. He does way more than he gets credit for.
1: Yeah. So uh, I hope you guys could handle those takes. Hopefully, they uh, you know cooled you down and uh, calmed you bring you some uh, soothing um, non-threatening kind of uh, information because these days the hotness is just out of control out there on social media
0: I hope that this, the winter sound effects didn't like freak you out if you're outside you're like where's that wind coming from I had a real problem with you know Atlanta the Highlight Factory, Really, one of the best in arena experiences in the league. So I've been told they got the organ player there, playing hip hop hits, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Very excited about the in house uh, presentation, except for the siren that they played all the time. <laughs> I had to like listen on like almost there on mute goes. because I didn't want to wake my wife up. She the bedrooms right above the basement <laughs> where I watch, and so if the siren's going on, she's going to wake up all alarmed and be like, well, "Why am I hearing sirens?" It's, why is, why is it's there such a, a tornado? Keep in mind, I today. hate it when podcasts do this. They put a siren in the podcast, and then I look around like I'm driving my car, and I'm like, "Oh." oh know am I getting pulled over or like I hate that in podcasts like true crime podcasts it's like we're getting in our car, so let's make sure we make some car noises. The door will open, then close, and we'll make the ignition go up. Then we'll have some dings and car sounds, so everyone knows we're placing them in the car. Except when I'm driving my car listening to podcasts, I'm like, what's making noises? What, what's wrong in my car? What's, what light is not, I'm not seeing go on? Oh, wait, it's just the podcast trying to be atmospheric.
1: No more pods in the car, Scott. Stop just doing need, car noises. Just save it for, for shoveling only.
0: If you need a police siren in your podcaster song, really make sure you need it, is all I'm saying. It doesn't really add as much as you guys think it is.
1: All right, up next is Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, we got Wolfies. Let's talk about some things. Let's get on some soapboxes here, Scott. Um, I'm going to get it started off do and uh, get my rant on. Been uh, taken to Twitter with this one, but as uh, as we like to do on this show, well, we don't like to do it, but we have to. We're as you were saying before, sometimes your uh, you know, your hand is forced. And uh we I got to bring I got to bring some some heat onto uh Bally Sports North, you guys. Everybody everybody's booing right now. Everybody oh everybody's, uh, everybody's hissing right now because they continue to just poop in the bed, shoot themselves in the foot. Whatever you want to say. Uh, they can't get out of their own way. Scott, you've been you've been talking, to, you know, nonstop every single episode about how poor the, the the experience of using the
0: the app is. But watching a Timberwolves game should bring me joy, you guys. That's right. I should see that a game is on the schedule and feel happy, not not just <laughs> oh, already start getting upset now. with myself.
1: Yeah. So my problem that I've had with them over the last few weeks is. They are. Uh, they have gotten into a habit of leaving their broadcast team at home, not taking them on the road, and uh, it just makes for a worse experience. It's just as simple as that. And I did see Dave Ben's uh, tweet at somebody else uh, the last time they were left at home last last week. Because again, remember the Wolves are only playing Sundays at home. All right, during the week they're out of town. So uh, Dave Ben tweeted something to the effect of, you know, it was COVID protocols related or something like that but i'm not buying that okay chris Hine has been traveling he's been going to a bunch of the games uh and you know what yeah usually uh dave jim marnie whoever you got on the broadcast they're on the team plane okay so that's kind of what we're getting at here is like oh maybe you want less people on the team plane while we're worried about covid fly commercial okay you guys I'm sure Dave and Jim still want to be at these games. Put them on a dang commercial Delta flight and get them to the game so they can call it in the arena instead of from downtown Minneapolis where there is a delay on the game. that's my biggest beef is that, uh, sure, you know, it's COVID. uh, Broadcasters have learned to do things in different ways. Uh, It's mostly the same experience, but not when there's a crazy delay. It wasn't so bad for the New York game, but then it was for the Atlanta game where it's like there's a big dunk and then it's like one- to, and then Dave Ben says, Oh, a massive dunk by Carl Anthony Towns. It's just like super annoying. And I'm pretty sure it just comes down to them being cheap over there. We, we know they're uh, about to, you know, uh, potentially go bankrupt, uh, Sinclair is. So maybe this is all part of that. And, uh, you know, I do wish for the quick demise of their business. Um, this has nothing to do with Dave and Jim and all those people. They're just getting left at home. And I think it's really crappy that the fans uh, have a worse experience because of this. So this is just the latest um, bad Sinclair sl- Slash Bally Sports North, uh, bad experience. And uh, I think it comes down to money, right? Then you should update that app, Scott, but they can't. because That costs money. And they should bring their broadcasters on the road. It eh, costs too much money. We can't do that. So getting squeezed over here, and I don't like it. Shout out to uh, Bally Sports North for being uh, being bad. And I uh, can't wait till you guys are done. Oh
2: my
0: God. <laughs> Hopefully it's this season. Hopefully it, next season, new way of watching. Or, you know, yeah. no way of watching. It might be better because yeah. God.
1: Can't. it's a good thing the wolves have a good radio broadcast alan horton you know wolves. i just i gonna be the future way
0: i put all my hating energy in the refs this week so <laughs> I, I can't even i'm glad you took care of this yes, because i you kept know, a negative here that.
1: and uh what do you guys
0: got scott i Who's, gotta shine uh, some positivity yeah. shine a little light you know I think, uh, you know, we don't talk enough about the Iowa Wolves a little bit farther away from us, but they're doing a really cool thing in the Des Moines area. Neil and I used to live in West Des Moines for a little bit when we were little kids. I was like first grade.
1: Shout out Clive.
0: So uh, we're a little familiar with the area, but I just wanted to give a shout out. The Iowa Wolves have partnered with the YMCA of Greater Des Moines for the Iowa Wolves Metro League. It's a co-ed an open to students uh, league that uh, it's open to students who are not part of their high school basketball teams. I like that because I was never on a high school basketball okay, team. Okay, okay. Registration, it costs $15. It comes with a jersey. You get two games a week if you're on a team. I think it goes for like eight weeks or so. But just a really cool thing. The, the YMCA provided basketball leagues for kindergartners to eighth grade, but they didn't have any offerings for K 9 through 12, basically. Or not K 9, K is the kindergarten. <laughs> for grades 9 through 12, basically, for high school age students. And so I love that they're providing this opportunity especially it's co-ed so you know both men and women can play on the same teams which is really cool and just like as someone who was pretty bad at basketball was pretty bad still is pretty bad at basketball in almost uh, all methods i think it's still really fun to play it's just hard to find the infrastructure to get a game going with enough other people who are around your similar level yeah uh and i just think this is a great opportunity for uh, teenagers especially you know during covid and stuff they need an opportunity to uh you know there's probably so many stuff that's been cut from their schedules and stuff like that so i think this is just a great opportunity I've seen the jerseys they're pretty cool I'd pay $15 for one and not even cool. not even go and join the league so just uh this is the kind of stuff I love to see and I think that this is a great way to ingratiate yourself to a community so way to go Iowa Wolves way to go YMCA very
1: cool that's right and that's that's great for uh, all parties involved because yeah Iowa they don't have any don't have any pro stuff going on so they have these minor leagues and and uh it's just I think a good way to grow the basketball culture in Iowa too right these kids that grow up being Iowa Wolves fans and Timberwolves fans and, and they even play themselves, like in high school or or college or something. So I, that's. Uh, I was a basketball really state. They yeah, love
0: it. they love basketball. I know the Hawkeyes yeah. get a lot of uh, attention. Hawkeyes football, but uh, we live there. We know that there's a there's definitely a basketball culture in that oh, yeah. state. That's has got to right. develop it.
1: All right, that does it for Wolfies. Let's play a game, Scott, here at the end of the show. Uh, what kind of fun do you have planned for us this week? Uh, man,
0: I should have come up with a good game. For this because do I don't know what it is. It's math. What it is, you know, so, yep, uh, athletes. You see how you do with numbers and stuff. I'm sure there's some kind of number pun. Ken just numbers, loves numbers. Statistics whatever. are fun. Statistics are fun. Name this <laughs> game, Neil, I'm going to give you a math problem and you're going to try and solve it for me. I will oh boy. make a statement, though. We are not playing this by PENDOS rules, which is to say, I'm going to give you parts of an equation, Neil. You're going to try and just do the equation as I say it. So if I said five plus two... What would you say? I would say seven. Uh, that would be great. And then divide that by one. I wouldn't... So seven divided by one. That's still seven. That's still seven. So there you go. Your answer seven. I'm not making you say like... Let's see. It's five plus two divided by one. So we should do the division first because in the order of operations, division comes before addition. We're not doing that tonight. Okay. We're not Doesn't writing this all out. I'm just going to give you this formula piecemeal and you're going to do each part as it comes to you. Okay? Oh, oh all yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, let's see how it goes. I like, got three of them for you. All right, Neil. You start with Ant's H. Anthony oh. Edwards, his age. Okay. Then you add to that Jeff Teague's Wolves jersey number. <laughs> Still got your number? Your yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Then you divide that by Josh Okogie's draft position. Oh no! Jeez. Okay. And that uh, that number, you can either give me the number or you can give it to me in uh, Timberwolves fashion, like saying this uh, number is uh, blanks jersey number, or this number is the number of times the Timberwolves have gone to the Western Conference Finals or something like that.
1: Uh, this number is the only number hanging in targets in the rafters for the Timberwolves. Really? <laughs> well, I guess it's Two. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that Oh, no You're you're one-off <laughs> Oh, so close uh, Malik Seeley Ant is 20 years old Yep, Jeff, I got 20 Jeff Teague's jersey number Zero Zero Divided by Jocelyn Covey's This is draft I was position. wrong
1: I, was, I, I knew it was like a teens But I guess 10 So that's how I got mm, That's how I, I got see. 20 Because uh, I didn't think He would do like a
0: weird It has to even out it Yeah, could, it does It
1: wasn't going to be like 3.3 or something It
0: is uh, 20 divided by 20 He was drafted oh, number 20 Which brings you down yeah. to 1 Ah, uh, so close Okay uh, Alright,
1: let's go to our next one Two, two, top by one.
0: Uh, D'Angelo Russell's draft year, the year he was drafted. Okay, I think I have it. Minus the most threes a Timberwolf has made in a single game <laughs> for a single player record. Minus
1: free. the most threes a Wolves player.
0: Okay, so the single game record for a single player. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Minus the number of seasons Cat has been in the NBA.
1: Um. Okay, seven. I think that's seven. So, um. All right. I'm. I got another. I got,
0: eno- <laughs> got another. number. Okay. Last one. Plus Tyus Jones Tim Roll's jersey number.
1: All right. Let's do the whole run again.
0: All right. You take. You start with dilo's draft year. Okay. Subtract from that the number of threes that is the this, this Timberwolves single game record. So when you say game his
1: draft year, you mean the entire year? Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm going to say that's 2015. Okay. Okay.
0: Most threes Timberwolves game that uh, Timberwolf has made in a single game. Uh, I I not hap- It happened earlier this season.
1: Okay. So ten. Yes. So that brings. So it's minus that. So that brings me down to 2005. Correct.
0: Minus the number of seasons Cat has played in the NBA. Okay. I'll say seven.
1: So I hope that's, it's either six or seven, but hopefully it's seven. And then so that's uh, from 2000. Where was I? Was 2005 that? minus seven. Okay. So uh, nine. <laughs>
0: 1,998. Plus Tyus Jones' jersey number. 1,999. That's right. 1999. 1999. The year Prince the year. talked about. That's the answer. Oh, everybody. There we go. There we go. All I right. I got there. I got there. This one is very, the last one's very Jimmy Butler focused, everybody. You start with the draft pick we gave up in the Butler trade.
1: Oh, which number was
0: that? Um, Lori Markinen's draft number, pick, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you start with the draft pick we gave up in the Butler trade. Add to that the draft pick we received in the Butler trade, which later became Justin Patton. Uh, um, okay. And then you, from that, you subtract Jimmy Butler's Timberwolves number. Okay. And then you'll have your answer.
1: I'm I'm back to my first answer of two. Is it two? <laughs> Is
0: it? We get two. <laughs>
2: Okay, let's let's break it down.
0: The, the draft pick we gave up in the trade.
1: See, this is where I probably got it all wrong. Uh, was this uh, five? It was seven. Okay.
0: Seven. I guess and this is still the craziest five. part of this whole this whole trade, is that the Bulls gave us a first round pick back. And was this, I guess this one was 25? 16. 16. Okay. So seven plus 16 equals? Uh, 20, uh, 23. Minus Jimmy Butler's Timberwolves number? Zero. There we go. We have tw- okay. His number is 23, so it brings you to zero, everybody. I like that. How so Where does this game come from? From. I don't like know. What is
1: this idea? Like, oh. <laughs> Really know. I don't I,
0: I'm sure I heard it somewhere before but I was just coming up with ideas today and I was like oh let's do some numbers statistics are fun <laughs> statistics the, are fun the game Tim rolls math for everybody out there good times hopefully
1: you did better than me everybody at home or at least it's fun because there's like questions within the
0: question. it combines like Tim Tim rolls trivia with math that's right you know, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll much better at one of those things than the other <laughs> <laughs> I'll open your brain that's right and yeah you didn't have any paper I didn't warn you you you're doing that's it right. all in your head
1: so. that's all right that wasn't the hard part it was just like like doing the math wasn't the hard part like but then like not being the draft picks are hard to be like oh yeah. this is this is <laughs> this is one of 15 possible numbers or something
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll modify it for next time because like yeah we're doing like small numbers right now i need to figure out how to way to do big numbers without it getting like uh-huh. needlessly possible all, if i like said numbers, the number yeah. of assists kevin garnett had with the timberwolves like who knows who knows, who knows? Yeah. you know because yeah, be you have enough. to go down to like this you know the single digit you know
1: yeah it's hard that's that's so, a tricky one
0: i think there's a lot of other ways we can approach it though so yeah. i'll probably bring it back later in the season we'll try
1: again all right looking forward to to that thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Wolves Cast. Team is uh rolling along, still hanging in there around 500. And uh, you know, we got uh, like we said, not many home games coming up, but uh, we got the Nets on Sunday and uh, the team will just keep it going on the road so make sure you're and checking remember, out the great
0: content of Canis Hoopas you're voting for all the former Wolves we played this week we did uh, we saw Tyus Jones Taj Gibson Bell, Andrew Wiggins Bielitsa, Bielitsa and of course Corgi Jane Tosh. yeah there it is yeah. so, so you all, know all of them. if you're doing your Google ballot sometimes you have to do Western and Eastern Conference and uh-huh. of course Western you're just going to pick all Timberwolves players uh-huh. as we do but the Eastern Conference throw some, uh, throw some bones to some old Wolves you know yeah, I think next
1: next Thursday probably right as we recording, they announce the starters. But we'll see. I think the, star-
0: I think the starters is a hundred percent fan vote,
1: right? No, it's fifty fan vote, twenty five media, twenty five coaches. Oh, like okay. That.
0: So we'll see it it's with Andrew Wiggins. I don't think I don't that's think that bodes well won't. for Wiggins. Then that, <laughs> that's why he won't. Um, it's okay to feel happy for Wiggins, everybody. His his success doesn't you know hurt us in any way. He's a good guy
1: uh, who
0: apparently had some confusion about vaccines, but Hey, at least he got it. You know, that was, that was a time where he was a real villain, but unlike Kyrie, he was like, uh, I I know when I'm wrong.
1: That's right. And, uh, he's Maple Jordan. So he's good. He's got all of Canada behind him.
0: And it's, you know, never good (laughs) when you miss shots. (laughs) All right.
1: It's also never good when you miss an episode of Wolves cast. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Who is the most exciting young player in the league? But no, just- Anthony
2: Edwards, that's, that, I mean, Ooh. that goes without question. The most exciting young player in the league, Anthony Edwards. I mean, come on. he The guy can give you 40, as we know. He's done that multiple times. The guy can put anybody in the rim, as we know. I mean, part of the reason you don't see Anthony Edwards dunk on more people is because people move when they see him about to take off now at this point. Like, you don't want to be on the wrong end of that. So, Anthony Edwards, for sure. I think he has star potential. I actually thought this— pre him getting drafted uh he has star potential he's extremely athletic and exciting and fun to watch because at any point you can get dunk of the year highlight of the year he can fill it up with the best of them i mean he's you know in his second year so he's still getting to that point of like doing that whenever he wants to but anthony edwards for sure the most exciting young player in the league in my opinion